0: When Scrooge's nephew left, two other gentlemen entered the office. One of them says, Hello, we assume this is the business of Scrooge and Marley, because the sign outside this establishment says Scrooge and Marley. So I assume your name is Scrooge or Marley. Which one should I call you? Earlier I mentioned how Scrooge normally wouldn't correct people when they called him by the wrong name, but since this guy asked so specifically, Scrooge decided to give him the information. He responds by saying, Call me Scrooge. Marley would normally be here with me, but he died seven years ago this very night, fun fact. The gentlemen respond with a fun dad joke to lighten the mood, saying, Well, we're sure you're just as good. The charity men ask Scrooge to donate to charity, as it is Christmas time, it is cold, and there are less fortunate souls in dire need of essential items to survive. Scrooge then asks the men if the prisons and union workhouses still exist, to which the charity men respond in the affirmative. Ignoring what seemed to be Scrooge's attempt to change the subject, but was actually a passive-aggressive way of saying, I think charity is bonkers. Get out of my office. The gentleman then asks how much he'd like to donate, to which Scrooge says, You guessed it. $400,000. Which is a wrong guess. You guessed wrong. What Scrooge actually says is, quote, Nothing, close quote. I had to use the quotes there to show that Scrooge said the word nothing. Had I simply said, Scrooge says nothing, you might have made the assumption that Scrooge remained silent, and you would have made a fool of us all. And as the Bible says, assuming makes a fool of whoever is assuming, assuming they have made a false assumption. In this case, these charity men made fools of themselves for assuming Scrooge was about to give away any of his cash, at least to this organization. There's a scene in the film It's a Wonderful Life, where the Lionel Barrymore character says, Not with my money! like that. I wish Scrooge said the same thing so I could do that voice, but it turns out Scrooge did donate his money, not to charity, but to prisons, which he implies are the structures poor people should go to if they're about to starve and freeze. The charity men say that it's actually not how prisons work, and people would rather die than go to prisons. Scrooge then says dying is exactly what they should do. If Scrooge had a LinkedIn or a Twitter account, I'm sure he would get a lot of angry responses to posts that would probably say something such as, Unpopular opinion, but if poor people can't work themselves out of poverty, they deserve to die. Or, Why would I give my money to charity, when I could give my money to prisons, where at least people work for their food and lodgings instead of getting a free handout? I'm sure there is more Scrooge would post or tweet, but this thought experiment is already making me agitated and upset. Usually I'd simply push through until I can find a proper transition to segue back into the story, but for now you must forgive this sudden, jarring mental shift, as I return to the point where one of the charity men says, people would rather die than go to prisons, to which Scrooge replies with his most famous of Twitter hot takes, if they would rather die, they had better do it and decrease the surplus population. Usually, for the sake of flow of this interpretation, it would have been appropriate for me to take liberties and paraphrase Scrooge's iconic line, but I feel like it was necessary to use Charles Dickens' words verbatim, since it is such a flawless mosaic of words for such an iconic villainous character, and therefore paraphrasing would have not done the story justice. I will paraphrase anyway. Scrooge says, Look, don't make me the bad guy here for saying this, but poor people dying is great for the economy because then those funds that would normally go to waste, keeping poor people alive, could go into other projects and infrastructure. There is a limited amount of resources, so people dying will naturally increase those resources. So what better people to die than those who are not effectively contributing to society or the economy? The charity men realize Scrooge is a pure evil nutcase, and they get the heck out of Dodge. And by Dodge, of course, I mean Scrooge's office. Moments pass, as they do, and somehow it got even foggier and colder throughout the day. At one point, a Christmas caroler approaches the door of the office and starts carolling as carolers do. The song was, God bless you, merry gentlemen, which is a slight variation of the classic, God rest ye, merry gentlemen. This, of course, made Scrooge upset, not because he didn't like this version of the song, but because he had a strong dislike for the Christmas holiday which i hope we have made clear at this point scrooge brandishes his weapon of choice the ruler a device used for measuring objects he brandishes it in such a way that the caroler instinctively realizes that scrooge fully intended to use the ruler for a purpose other than measuring objects this triggers the caroler's fight or flight response had this book been written by dostoevsky the caroler probably would have chosen the former and would have engaged in physical combat to the point of accidentally, or perhaps intentionally, murdering Scrooge, and I would then have a completely different story to tell altogether. However, Charles Dickens decides to have the caroler run away in fear. At the end of the workday, the not-murdered Scrooge asks his clerk if he's planning on taking off work the next day. The clerk says yes, and Scrooge immediately tears into him, basically calling him a thief for receiving a day's worth of holiday pay every year, There is certainly a lot more I'd love to unpack here, but I'd really like to get to the ghost stuff, and I think you do too. So, for the sake of brevity, Scrooge dismisses his clerk and heads home. As Scrooge unlocks his front door, he notices that his door knocker looks exactly like his old partner Jacob Marley, and then it looks like a regular old knocker again. This startles him, but mostly makes him angry. Or at least he uses his anger to brush off the experience by muttering his one-word mantra, HUMBUG, as he opens the door and walks into his house. Correction here, what he actually says is a two word mantra, which has a similar effect. Those two words are, quote, poo poo, close quote. Now, I'd like to mention that both of these words are spelled P O O H, which, in my opinion, significantly lowers its degree of vulgarity. Scrooge has a few other similar and mild paranormal encounters as he goes through his house. (coughs) Excuse me. At one point, as he sat next to his fireplace, trying to enjoy a pre-bedtime snack, all of the bells in the house started to violently jingle-jangle. Now, there's a perfect explanation for why houses had bells in the 1800s, but I really want to get to the ghost stuff. So, after this terrifying preamble, the ghost of Marley appears, and Scrooge says, oh snap, it's Marley. Before that happens, it's worth mentioning that Scrooge says humbug at least twice. And he actually does say humbug, no correction there before Marley appears. Marley then starts talking to Scrooge, telling him some things, and those things that he says are, well, you're just gonna have to wait and find out.